Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Boys to Men podcast, round two. Hello. How are we doing today, guys? That was, you just heard Vito. Oh, hey, how's it going, everyone? Good to see you all again. This is Anderson here. Let's do um, it. We're the Boys to Men. Boys <laughs> to Men. Did you guys like the new intro that we created? Yeah, we just literally just made it on the spot. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that, and uh, it was it sounded pretty uh, good to the ears and fits our vibe, you know. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So today we actually kind of want to touch on a couple different topics, um, and one of them is trust. Yep, and um, maybe trust, not hundred yeah, percent sure. Just, it could, it yeah. could always it could always venture off into different. Into different pathways, but yeah, we're gonna start mm, off with trust. Just, just Let's, off, yeah, start yeah. We'll off see. And Oscar was uh, had a little story that he wanted to talk about. Maybe you can kick us off. You know what? Sure. Um, so this trust story is actually about a time that Anderson let me trust fall him into a cactus. <laughs> 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 but what happened was, I think it was eleventh grade in high school, and we were just fucking around in the parking lot, kind of playing games. And I asked him, I was like, hey, do you, do you, would you let me trust fall you in this cactus? And yo, we're, we're bros. Okay. We, uh, us three, we, we've been, you know, best buddies since like high school. And so he said, totally. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. He wasn't, was a, he wasn't that optimistic. He wasn't like that ecstatic. No, but he was it. like, at first he was like, dude, are you fucking dumb? The mistake of his life. <laughs> but eventually he let me do, it. I just convinced him and so it was, it was a huge cactus, one of those, one of those, it's not really a cactus, actually. It's like those... Spiky. Like one of those spiky It's those bush. plants. Yeah, those plants that have triangle freaking spikes coming out of it all around. And each of those triangles have tiny little spikes around it. Um, anyways, yeah, so he gets behind, or I guess in front of the plant, and he begins to trust fall. But the thing is, I'm on the side of Anderson. Uh, usually you're behind them when you do a trust fall. So I'm on the side. Yeah, I have to catch him on the side. the worst idea. <laughs> so as he's falling, he actually, uh, or I actually, I guess, you know, <laughs> I actually kind of mess up. And I thought I had a good grip, but it didn't work out that way. And so he falls right into that bush. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck. And he comes out. And he has spikes all around him, everywhere. <laughs> he has spikes in his in his head and his arms and my fucking ear. His ear. Oh we were just God. plucking out the spikes from his freaking head. But you know, I learned something that day. I realized what a good buddy, dude. Because I would not let you do that to me. That's full trust, dude. <laughs> that is full trust. Full sended the trust train right there. Yeah, I kind of fucked up, but I treated him out to eat and. Uh, <laughs> He ate like five, I'm not even fucking you, five bowls. Well, that one I had to earn too. That, was, oh, yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't given to <laughs> yeah, me. Okay, I had well, to earn that too. <laughs> we bet him right after. We bet him that if he can eat five, five bowls of noodles from this Chinese noodle shop, we'll pay for his whole meal. <laughs> and that's a lot. <laughs> Five bowls. Five bowls. Actually, wasn't there for this experience. It was crazy. Yeah. The guy, the guy, the owner was looking How? at Anders. How can he eat five? Like five? You ordered Dude, five, five bowls. bowls. Oh no, he ordered one bowl, and you get noodle refills. So oh. he got five, four refills on top of the the original noodles that he got. No, I think I got two. I got two bowls because I didn't have enough soup for the first one. Oh okay. So I think I got two. I don't remember. Kirk, was this I'm the same time. time that I remember seeing that you had to, you had to eat that giant bowl? 
Like no, 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 bowl no. Of pho. Was it pho? Different, different. What was that? No, you're talking about your food, uh, Vito. No, I remember. I thought you had a. Oh my god! I, I, yes, there's a pho restaurant. I thought you had. I thought you bowl. had a monster bowl that. Yes, it was. Oh, you know where? where I wasn't there for that, but there was a restaurant. That was a pho restaurant, but I don't even remember where it was. Or was that when you had to? That was with. Not, was I don't think that, that was with Oscar. I don't think that was with Oscar. I think that was with someone else. Anyways, Maybe it was with Oscar. But know. but back to trust. <laughs> back to trust. Perfect. Good. Um, what did you learn about that, Anderson? Um, what was your thoughts actually? Because for me, I was like, "Holy fuck, I fucked up." But this guy is a really really good guy. He know? really trusts his his peers, just his homies. Could have like really hurt himself right there. Well, I mean, to be honest, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing going through is like falling down. I mean, you don't really feel the pain, you know. You're just kind of <laughs> in it, and then you're like, I, I was don't know about just that laying one. down there, pluck some, pluck some freaking spikes yeah. from his ear, and no, it just no, started no. gushing blood. We definitely, we definitely, <laughs> there was some blood. There was blood action coming out of this. We definitely, we definitely had pain. Well, I definitely had pain. I definitely had pain, but no, it wasn't too. like when I fell down. <laughs> but um, empathy. The thing was in my head. You see, for me, I think my relationship with friends is is an interesting one because, especially during that time period, I think for me and my family, the relationships weren't necessarily the best. Yep. Um, and and in that in that case. I really depended on my friends, and my friends were my family, and I trusted them with like everything I got. And so, full, full like trust. a little, a little fucking little fall into <laughs> a little bush. Like I was like, that shit ain't nothing. Plus, it wasn't even just you; it was you and Gino, right? And you both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember honestly. I know. I think it was just me. I think it was oh, just okay. me. Um, How could you try like do full body weight sideways though? Well, I like didn't he's, think he's I didn't, sideways. Well, I didn't think about him where he was. I'm just looking forward. I'm just like, all right, you ready? Like, okay, okay. Well, I really thought I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, anyways. So, I think trust is definitely important, and trust is important into any scenario, whether that be business, a family relationship, or even with your friends. And for me, that. That wasn't necessarily a test, mm -hmm. but it was more so just like, for me, I felt like I could completely rely on you. Like, yeah. you would be there to support me. Now, whether or not, there, you know, maybe the intention was there, but the, the execution may have been bad. <laughs> but, you know, that, that the intention was there and it's like, well, okay, like I, yeah. in my head, it's like, I know that he won't let me fall. <laughs> um okay then um at what point would you let a stranger do a trust fall with you in in that same situation hmm? see i do these mini trust tests with strangers all the time not nearly to the extent mm. of like a trust fall but You're it's more of like bro. i i the way i view trust in people is i automatically give trust oh i give i give it away yeah my I agree first with that. my first yeah. instinct is it, well, it's it's not it's just a different philosophy, right? I just think about it in this sense. I give my trust to people automatically, but as they start doing things and as they start doing these little markers of behavior and actions, I start to kind of develop my own understanding. I give my full undoubted respect mm -hmm. to that person, yep. but as they slowly diminish that respect, 
that helps to really form a view. And that is a way how I form who I'm going to be close with, who are my close friends, who are my buddies, who are the people I can work with, who I can make a team with. That's how I form these different relationships and these different layers of relationships. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm pretty sure we all are the same way. Yeah, I think right? that's, what, that's, a, that's what we like do. That's our group thing is that we mm-hmm. like always trust before like mm-hmm. they like how they they don't have to earn it. They mm-hmm. just have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you screw it up, then it like slowly goes away. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because um it's actually a lot of people don't think that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually know for example my coworker that I just had, um, he is not that way at all. He thinks the complete opposite way. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't trust anyone at the beginning and you have to earn his trust. And I notice that with most people, it's either that or this. There's there's not really a medium with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And at least in his experience, and I think it's probably true for most people, the reason he thinks that way, the reason why he believes that he has people have to earn his trust is because he's gotten fucked over a lot in the past. You usually see that with more people that get fucked over. Mm -hmm. For sure. Or some people have the fear of getting fucked over. For sure. And and I, I, I honestly never got fucked over, so... Well, you see, the thing is, I've gotten fucked over a lot, but <laughs> how? again, but like how though? Like, think about like multi-level marketing strategies. Yeah, no, Anders got okay. fucked a lot. I got fucked over a lot, but that's again, like I said, I think it depends on the narrative that you tell yourself. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Right? And mm-hmm. the narrative I tell myself is, okay, you fuck me over. Well, I know who the fuck. I'm that, yeah. On. Like you, you, you're done. Instead you're of changing out. your views, you just you just change it about. Exactly. That guy. That person. Of like exactly. That is that is the ultimate goal. It's Don't a, you sh- try not to generalize that. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's like that person. That person fucked me over. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, you know, people. all these other people and whatever it is. And and I've met I've met way more good people in my life with good intentions than I have ill-minded people who are out there to hurt. And I feel like that's true of most of the world i feel like most of the people Mm -hmm. in the world want to do good they want to be law-abiding citizens they're not necessarily looking out for trouble they're not trying to cause trouble and they want to be appreciated in some sort of way and and kind of maybe even be noticed of their good deeds right definitely and and it's just a few minority that come out on top i feel like they can maybe change the perception you think that's our optimistic side thinking that it's a minority or you think it's like or, or it's just how it is. You think that what we think is true, or do you like act like object, like really think about it? I think it's true. Do you in think my it's true? Right, and that's all I can do is I can just base it off of what my perspective mm-hmm. and my experience. No, is. I think it's. I think there's definitely a majority of people that are better rather than not. Because I mean, if there's a majority of people that was not good people, then we wouldn't be in the society that we live in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that said, there's. I f- there's there's a lot of motivations and a lot of wrong perceptions of why people think people fucked them over. And I think that's where uh-huh. the real issue is because you can get fucked over by a good person for the wrong reason and your interpretation of that kind of fucks you in the head. Very true. Yep. Um, I think the biggest one is like love or not even love, but infatuation. Mm. And for example, my coworker, uh, he got fucked over by some girl that he liked, but that girl, I've been, I think initially liked him, but okay. fell off and kind of dumped him for another guy. 
and that fucked him over. Do you think that? And that's that's not really a wrong. That's yeah. not, she didn't do anything wrong on her part. That's she's just following her feelings. She's her individual person. Mm-hmm. But to him, she fucked him over. Did he? Did she cheat though? If it's like a cheating thing, then I could understand that as a fuck over thing. Like that's like you completely disregard your respect for that guy. I actually don't know. But if it's like, but if it's like you're in a relationship and the girl starts to like someone else, and then like you gotta, I feel like you have to respect that yes, unless like because then that girl isn't into you anymore and mm-hmm. you just can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's hard to understand, of course, too. I mean, you're talking about. It's hard to see with the veil of love sometimes. Yeah. And how love can obscure. 100%. Good people make bad decisions occasionally. Super because of love, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that one time, Vito, you told us about that um, Bobby Lee's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. And talked about how she's actually pretty fucking woke. Right. She's super woke, and dude. What, you, <laughs> Did you hear about it, Austin? No, I, 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 oh, I remember. Why don't you, oh. you explain it, though, for, for, for... Oh, it's just about, like, years. attraction, you know? Because like, everybody is attract. The law of attraction is real. You, you'll have people that you are attracted to for sure. Like, yo, Anders, I'm not gay, but I find you attractive, like, as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I can think about a girl like that. But if I'm in a relationship... I got to understand that I have that attraction with someone else before before it turns into like a game because if you don't if you don't acknowledge the attraction and you like keep it hidden and then it just really excites you cuz people a lot of people like what they can't have, you know. Mm-hmm. That's such an interesting yeah. perspective. So if you, I 100% agree. I just never thought to think about mm-hmm. it that so way. So if you understand you have that that attraction but then you understand that you had that attraction with your significant other on another level, then it's like better because that, then it's not a game anymore. It's just you have that attraction and that's that's life and that's normal and that's how it's going to be. So cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's actually such a brilliant way and a brilliant outlook, I think, on a dilemma that most people will find in their lives, right? I think that often, oftentimes you find people who are committing adultery or something or they're cheating on their spouses or something like that. It's because exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's a game to them. It's something exciting. It brings something new to the table, to their life, and maybe their life is fucking mundane at this point or the relationship is mundane and they're looking for something that's going to you know, light that spark again. Yeah. But that acknowledgement is so fucking crucial because it's, uh, in the last episode, I talk about the message where I learned there's a plenty of fish in the sea. And one of the things I learned was this point of attraction, right? There's like this level of natural attraction Mm -hmm. that happens so often. Mm -hmm. And there's like... It's innate. It's biological. Exactly. And there's fucking like almost 8 billion people in the world, you know? There's... You're bound to have connections with yeah. so many people. Um, and that brings up, I think it brings up such a social issue that we have where we condemn people that find others attractive when they're in a relationship. Yeah, we get that. That's how it is. I mean, I 100% am manipulated by that idea until you had told me that. And it was a really good perception because that's being woke. That's, that's yeah. seeing I also a thought about different it. perspective. Because I've thought about it because I was in a relationship and it's like, you like think about like all these girls and you're like, dude, they're like, like maybe like Chase 
or for them would be nice, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be like, oh, this girl's like kind of cute, mm-hmm. but like it just you keeping it in is kind of is just makes you mm-hmm. want to do it even more. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. sometimes so some people can't contain that. Some people will that that'll just lash out, and that's where cheating comes in because mm-hmm. you don't acknowledge that that girl's cute or something. You know that you want them. It's mm-hmm. just it's just in your brain, and you just keep it in, and mm-hmm. just boom, out of nowhere. Agree. Hundred percent. Yeah, and that kind of goes factors back into our theme of trust, right? And you have to be able to trust your significant other in the relationship to make the right choice and make the right decision when the time comes, right? And that if both partners are able to acknowledge this fact, this notion that people are able to be attracted to other people, and yet understand that their attraction the the attraction between the significant others is still so much stronger mm-hmm. that just keeps the relationship fucking it's strong and healthy yep yep but it's crazy because i know so much friends that do that think we had this discussion back in back <laughs> we last did. Year college um, we did actually where they believe it was mostly our girlfriends but they believe that if you're in a relationship and you find someone else attractive then you're technically in some way cheating. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't make any sense. We, they're they're making the argument that when they're in a relationship, they find no attraction to other people. I don't think that we were completely dedicated to that significant no other. No way that's possible. It's no way it's possible. We, we it's refuted it like crazy. Unbelievable. And, you know, maybe there is some this you know difference between male perception and... You I think know, it's. I think protection. it's honestly just because like we're all like fresh relationships. It's not yeah. like we're like we're young still, so it's not like the securities are there in the relationships yet, and mm-hmm. you haven't really learned about like what a good relationship is yet. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and as as you grow and as you become more secure about yourself and trust the other more, mm-hmm. then you understand that it doesn't matter if that person talks to another sex or mm-hmm. finds someone more attractive. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's just just as you grow. Hundred percent. That was one of my biggest downfalls, actually, in my first relationship. Was I used to be so jealous. Yeah. And the thing is, I I had this. It was always like I was chasing something else, right? I mean, so if I'm going back to my first relationship, I was a virgin. She wasn't a virgin. I knew she had multiple partners before. I knew that. Like I wouldn't be the one. I didn't have that special moment, mm-hmm. or so I thought. You know, or so I thought that because of that, it somehow made me feel inferior. Mm-hmm. I wasn't special in some type of way, and because of that, it led me into this downward spiral into this constant need for maybe more attention than I thought. And then it was just kind of self-serving because the more attention maybe I thought I needed or wanted, the less she actually gave too. And so it was just kind of this downward spiral. And really thinking about it, if I'm taking complete ownership, it stemmed from me. It's because I wasn't secure. Yeah. And that that what you're talking about is completely correct. Like security, being secure with oneself enables a person to go beyond and to actually become more more trustworthy. Yes, more trustworthy. More independent and more able to actually live a codependent life Mm -hmm, rather mm -hmm. than a dependent life. Um but yeah, I, I think that relationships are a tough thing to handle. And yep. um, that's why I started thinking about managers. And, you know, sometimes managers do less work. Oftentimes, I feel like they actually do more work because managing relationships is actually very difficult. And good managers are able to really create 
a working environment and understand their employees at such a level that enhances the output, the overall working output for that team, that company, or the organization. Um, Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like if the manager like has trust, you said it's basically it's trust again. You know, you yeah. gotta trust that your team is gonna do is gonna pop off and do their work. Hundred percent. Because if you don't trust them, and you always gotta be on their ass about it, exactly, it just creates a hostile environment exactly. that pressures people. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I think a lot of times managers are like that. My personal experience, the one the job I've recently just had, um, it wasn't like that at all. The manager, it wasn't really about relationships or trust. It was more so that the manager was really qualified and had a lot of skills and he knew what needed to be done. And by doing so, he changed the structure of our entire department. Mm-hmm. But there was no trust there necessarily. Maybe it was a trust on a high. Actually, hmm. No, because maybe it was a trust on a higher level. The one who hires him, the director, <laughs> trusts that manager. But there's no way it's an interview. You can't have trust instantaneously. You can't have trust. I feel yeah. like you definitely build trust from an interview. That's the whole point of yeah. an interview. True. I think Very point, true. I think you're right. Uh, I think, in the sense of a structure, I think you're, you know, you could have a manager, and I think it's more so the the sense that what you're talking about the higher upper management, right? You're talking about an interview, and an interview is the point of interaction where you can actually showcase your personality mm. and your personable skills, which is why oftentimes, even in school. We hear about, you know, you could be super qualified for a job, but if you don't have personable skills, yeah. you're fucked because we're human beings. And uh, it depends on what job you're doing. Uh, I, I know a lot of really good computer programmers that, you know, may necessarily may not necessarily get a job that they want just because maybe they're not super personable or they just don't know how to communicate effectively yeah um and, and these certain things there's you know i think there's that one statistic i'm sh- uh done by some fucking study i can't <laughs> pull it out of my ass right now mm-hmm. but um it talks about how more likely how more likely a person is to succeed depending on their emotional intelligence versus just book smart exactly of right? course and and this is where we come back to the notion where it's like you always hear about people talk, talking about this in the world. It's like uh, it's about who you know in the world, how 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 far you want to make it in any industry or whatever it is. Is it's basically based on the connections you know, and how are you going to build connections if you don't have personable skills, if you can't communicate effectively, if you can't cater to the other person's yeah. interests and feelings and. Um, but in terms of a manager, I, I think that it's crucial for a manager. I think even in the case that you're in your job, right? He built a structure, but he has to have the trust that his employees are going to be able to effectively use a structure or use a simple system, even if he creates a whole new system. I mean, yeah, but if they wouldn't be able to do it, then he'll just fire them. Exactly. Well, exactly. But also, you know, you could have like good workers and, and like maybe you like them for... My- my thought on that is that if he can just fire them, there there is no trust there in that relationship. He's just the boss. Like this is this, that's what it is. There's no relation. He he just can have full control of that department. There's no trust there, because if someone doesn't do their job, they're fired. Someone else is in the job. How's that trust? <laughs> that's so true. 
I think you have to trust. But the getting person. him, oh yeah, because they're already like on the team, huh? Like they're like, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, exactly. But like, what about the hiring process? Right, you have to trust that when you're hiring a person as a manager, you have to be able to trust their work. Like you're not gonna, you don't want to spend waste. You don't want to have a high turnover rate. Yeah, right. Turnover rate. You don't want to you don't have this waste of time where people you're figuring shit out yeah, and it's like you're train seeing people. Yeah, you, gotta, you don't want to. You don't want to have to spend that time. That's resources. That's time, you, yeah. and the company doesn't want to waste that. Right. 100% so you have to. Expensive. You it have is, to exhibit dude. this type of trust in the interview. You're saying, okay, if I hire you, I don't want to have to be on your ass. And I don't really want to have to fire you because that means I'm just gonna to have to go fucking hire another person, find someone new, find someone else, and do this knows whole process again. Yeah, I want to. I want to trust that you're gonna be able to do your job effectively and well. And I want to make sure that you're not only doing your job effectively well, but if I were a manager, I want to make sure that you will be a good addition to the work environment because yep. your interactions is going to help influence the rest of the company and your colleagues and your coworkers. And if we can create and establish a co-working system in where it's more beneficial to work together or be collaborative or you're creating and stimulating an environment which promotes a higher output, then that's what I fucking want. You're my manager, dude. I'd love to have you as a manager. <laughs> Hire <laughs> me, bro. <laughs> easier, easier said than done. But the, for sure. the number one thing I found was I had to interview for my organizational behavior class. One of the things was we had to actually research a company. And mm. we had we got gotten so fucking lucky because one of my teammates, his father used to be a an attorney for this law firm in Boston. Mm-hmm. And this law firm was extremely unique in this in the way that their system and their structure was. And what why it was so unique was because most law firms, and when you think about this impression of law firms, I'm gonna ask you guys like when you think about a law firm, do you think that it's more competitive or do you think it's more super laid back? cutthroat. Super cutthroat. Super right? cutthroat. So what was so interesting was that's the exact same perception I had in terms of a law firm. Does that mean cutthroat? When, does that mean like you have to be just fucking good? Like, well, like it goes super back competitive, to that. super strict, just high pressure. Think of high intensity, high pressure. Exactly. Imagine like an investment banking job. Mm-hmm. An inv- an it investment means if you don't perform, you're fired. Uh, like an investment banking job is, is super, you could call it cutthroat, super high pressure. Uh-huh. You're constantly stressed. And so this law firm was unique in the sense that their system wasn't based off of this competitiveness, right? What we have done with our research was that most law firms actually increase this competitive cutthroat culture by actually posting, like, at the end of the quarter, the top. Oh, kind of yeah, that is, that is actually what some of my coworkers and directors that worked at banking, they told me is the exact same experience. Like how well, they put, like, competitive mm-hmm. rankings, right? They'll, they'll essentially rank you, and whoever is below a certain threshold gets cut every every year Dang. but it's even worse because um it's not just on a absolute value but some banking industries even use a relative value so you're compared to your coworkers, and it'll be like the top 10 percent gets promoted the top 50 percent stays the, the lower 50 percent gets cut and that's not an absolute measure it's based on you versus your other peers right exactly and that's, that's crazy and that's what that's what exactly most of these law firms exactly do this right they they put you and they rank you amongst your peers and so it actually creates and fosters this culture this competitive culture right so if you have a client in this competitive culture and you 
you need you kind of know that you're not super well versed mm-hmm. in maybe a particular subject or a particular area that you might need for this case, right? You're gonna be even so you're gonna be more you're gonna be less likely to ask and request help, the assistance of another person. Because once you bring another person on, okay, now you gotta split the cost or whatever yeah. it is, the credibility, you know? And you kind of are like, oh, I don't really wanna do that. So you might just take on the case and be like, all right, fuck it, like, I'll do it. But you may not be yeah. the expert mm-hmm. in that field. What was so unique about the law firm uh, that we were researching was they implemented what was called a black box system. So their reward system was actually unknown amongst the employees, right? Unknown and, machine learning. Yeah, it, it was unknown, and it was up, all that handled by the upper management. But what it was was they wanted to strive to not create a competitive culture and instead More cooperative, a collaborative culture. That's right. And how and what they ended up seeing is these, this this is like one of the top three law firms in the nation in the world now they actually handled the the gay marriage case the federal gay marriage oh that's crazy yeah that's pretty intense yeah and the thing is what's so interesting is just like the way they handle the environment so much more differently than can you tell us more about that black box how what are they doing exactly well (laughs) i mean obviously no one knows but no but it's 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 basically what uh, it's doing is it's not based off of just your clients and your performance. It's based off of a multitude of factors, which includes how well you cooperate with others. What projects have you taken on? What assistance you're giving, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's a multitude of factors and they're able to kind of gauge how well, and in a sense, not just based off of a simple metric of maybe clients or performance, but also how well, how well you're contributing to the work environment. And let me just yeah. say this. I had to go into the building and I was able to interview the CFO. Like you talked to the, the... No, the COO, the Chief Operations Officer, yes. Mm-hmm. And first off, <laughs> let me say, it's in the Prudential Center. Of Austin. <laughs> that's it's, like a really nice... That's awesome. Dude. Is that the gold building over there? It's the one with the mall. The mall, the Prudential oh, Center. The, big, oh, the huge mall with the Tesla on the bottom. The what? Oh, okay. So, bro, let me fucking tell you, this shit was insane, all right? First thing I noticed walking to the walking to the building was coming out and being greeted by the COOs like advisor so and they knew through they the knew. office. They knew. I was so random too because we I was packing like the elevator. I was the first impression. I go in the elevator. I go up to the top. That's As awesome. I'm going to the top, people are coming in to go to drop off off the levels, uh-huh. and it starts getting more packed. And it's so cool because then i start hearing people talking like hey how are you doing it's like i was like whoa you're like i did not expect I this from a law firm i did not expect like that people at love all. each like people. people were super friendly with each other right i didn't know but the coo's uh, assistant and advisor was actually in the elevator i come out and i'm like uh i go out to like this office he's like hi I'm greeted super friendly smile wild smile how can i help you blah, blah. oh i'm here for the interview with you know blah blah so you conducted and, this interview and yeah and uh, basically, she was like, "Oh, perfect!" I, she comes out of the elevator. Oh, come with me. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> We're walking through this. She's showing me some stuff, and oh my god, this is like some high tech shit. Bro. Really, dude. The thing was, he wasn't actually there in that office. He was in New York, so they have a couple of different. Oh, offices. did you do like a conference so room what we, call? She took me into this video conference room. Dang, and bro! Oh my god, it was something like out of the movie, bro. <laughs> it was insane. And he was—it t- was so funny. I'm sitting down in this 
freaking huge conference room. Yep. I was just just me. She's like, oh, he'll be out there, and it's like this huge TV. It's a video, and it's him in his office, but he's not there yet, right? She's like, oh, he'll be there in a second. And, and then <laughs> did it, wow, that's crazy. I'm sitting there. I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> and um, she and he comes in. He's like, oh, hi, bro. We introduced super friendly guy again. Nice. And we started talking about. You know, exactly kind of what we're talking about, company culture, how you organize behavior and all this stuff. And then he was telling me, it's funny, just the first thing before we even get into all those, you know, formal introduction and everything, he was telling me, like, isn't this stuff crazy? And I was <laughs> like, just, yeah. And he's like, bro, he was like, you haven't even seen the stuff that we use for that stuff. It's <laughs> like, it's so next. It's like you're actually there. And Jesus. I was like, Whoa, I can't only holographic, dude. dude. Like, you know, like Kingsman? You know <laughs> yeah, Kingsman? Yeah, like, like, yeah. like hologram or other people. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when he said that. I was like, it's like some Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, Holy. just the whole vibe, the vibe, the energy of the environment, of the work environment, just even from the first interaction of the elevator, left such an astounding impression mm-hmm. on me. And that's when I realized how crucial and how effective organizational behavior, the culture managers can really have mm-hmm. on yeah. the company. They have to. See, yeah. um, yeah, 100%. And going back to the example that started it, when we were talking about the manager and how he has almost a dictator in the department, mm-hmm. he has complete control. The reason I was saying it wasn't trust in the first place is because by that criteria, by the original story of the manager, he he didn't really have trust with the people. Uh-huh. The, the system, it's not his fault, but the system is not meant to breed trust. And yeah. I don't know how you can say that is trust. I mean, sure, you can establish trust when you're hiring your employee and when you're doing the work and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when, when it's not like that, when you're not performing and when you're not doing it well, then you're cut and that's not a trust. That's a mm-hmm. different, um, s- different adjective no, for, for that. Sure. Right. No, for sure. But that with the law firm, that's different because using that system, whatever that system may be, that black box system, that one could possibly be trust because it, you get benefits from being trust. Whereas yeah. the other one, it's not. And I and I think you're right. No, you're hundred percent. That is not trust. Now you're saying it's not trust, and that. But does that make? And I think we we'll go back to the original point is where we started is like what makes a good manager, right? And it's like if you if you can have trust. Well, that might not be the manager. That might be op, that's operations. It's, well, it's it, organizational behavior mm, and development. Well, I don't I don't necessarily think that because there can be a certain level of trust still implemented even in that. That's true. Structure. That's true. Like if you say like a an employee. Right is um, maybe feeling down or something. Like the employee is, uh, you know, going through some shit, and um, maybe he's not up to par. He's not working up to his like normal performance. Good managers who have trust in their employees will know. Hey, maybe he's going through a rough mm-hmm. patch. Let me go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Quick. I think most would, or nearly all would. I don't. I think I don't think most would. I'm really? Honest, I, I, dude, you don't think yeah, there's think, a majority think, of managers that I would think, be cool think, with that? I think, I think those, in like the, like the successful companies, for sure, they yes. do like that. Mm-hmm. Like in companies that are like popped off. You don't think just like a little boba shop on Durango would, would no, be cool with that? So. Unless it depends on how like how yeah, trust it's like how much they trust their co- their their their, uh, their employees. Yeah, I think good companies they will. Good companies. Because I, I think I actually now I'm thinking about like nowadays. I feel like it would, but I think back then. I think now we're shifting to a more, more open management way. 
That's that's sense? very true. No, I think now sure. I think now there's like a shift because I think there's a lot of stuff saying that when you're like an authoritarian is that the word authoritarian yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. manager then there's a decline in your yes. output. Yes. So I think that's exactly. that's becoming more heard and more known to all managers. For so sure. I think I think there's a shift right now. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. There is. And and it's true. So I so I do say you're right that most managers would probably But I, I still don't think that most managers would. Like from my encounters, it's there's a lot and most managers that if you go into like your any typical job, right, you're going to encounter a lot of bad managers. I've currently, I in my personal experience, I've seen that with like companies that aren't doing so hot that mm-hmm. need to reach a certain deadline or for sure. like a certain goal of like sales for sure versus some that are already like chilling. You for know? sure, for sure, and that's that's the that's what sets them apart, right? Yeah. We can kind of almost kind of like distinguish that. Like I feel like most well-performing companies will have good management. You need good mm-hmm. management. And those are kind of like the qualities of a good manager. But there's also a lot of cutthroat companies, again, like what we're talking about, like a lot of investment banking firms or hedge firms, hedge funds, or, you know, uh, like law firms that have a different, a completely different sense of corporate yeah, culture. Definitely. And because those are more old school, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. old school places, like all the, I feel like all the new places, especially like Google and like the places like, Zappos have such a oh yeah it's insane it's yes. so such a nice. progressive yes. type view yes Google like the, especially like the old time people that have been there for ages mm-hmm. and are still mm-hmm. that currently pop off have the same why change it why change their 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 mm-hmm. operations when it's working mm-hmm. and it's yeah. also hard too because managing people is not a super intuitive thing for yeah. most people right um, and that's what they kind of talk about in business school. It's like, we're training you guys to become managers because we want you guys to be able to handle people effectively. And what what's going to set you apart? What is going to, why managers are essentially paid higher wages, paid higher salaries, why they're, you know, why they're paid more, why they're economically paid more. Is this because it's tougher to handle people? Mm-hmm. People are volatile creatures. They have extreme emotions they have conflicts they have wants they have needs and as a manager you have to accommodate all that yeah that's what a good manager has to do but um yeah yeah let's relate this back to trust somehow that's trust is a quality it doesn't maybe it doesn't need to be related back but trust is a major quality i think that managers good managers need and it's i think it's essential quality for it is just establishing a foundation yeah. for human relationship. Mm-hmm. I think trust. It goes back to the human relationship part, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like you yep. need you need trust. My biggest takeaway from this whole conversation is um, trust is better, I think, if you trust the person initially and you let them F you over and then they yeah. lose your trust. Or you can do it the other way. It doesn't matter. But the biggest thing is just to realize that every person is different. Mm-hmm. And every single interaction you have is, is, is a new one, and you shouldn't let your previous judgments guide you on how you may treat a new person. 100%. That's, that's perfect right there. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're a person that trusts first or trusts later, but just make sure you give everyone the treatment and, and the level they deserve to actually be rewarded your trust mm-hmm. or kept your trust. Mm-hmm. 
and don't generalize. Mm-hmm. What's we your, all know what happens that, when you do that. that. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's right. exactly what we talked about. Just trust people and yeah. have faith in people. And just in general, just think people are good people. Yeah. In my in my opinion, that's how I've lived. And it's been giving me some good happiness. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for tuning in mm-hmm. for our second episode of the Boys to Men Adventure. Hope you guys had a nice little lesson. Yep. And that was really fun to talk with you guys all. Thank you. Uh, this is Oscar signing out. Uh, Francis, I'm out. Later, guys. Peace out, guys. I'm Andrews. <laughs> Thank you.